Lord, help our worship here on this earth to be full of praise as surely it must be in heaven. God, may we never take for granted coming to church and opening your word and being in your presence, thinking that it's just something else that we've got to do or it's going to be like it was before. Father, help us to come believing and expecting that you're going to speak to our hearts. God, I thank you that you want to be known, that you want us to not only know your Son as our Savior, but you want us to know you as the God who not only watches over us day by day, but walks with us. Father, thank you for all that your Son has done and is doing and will do for us. And help us, Lord, as we look at passages of Scripture that teach about eternal life, God, we'll learn a little bit more about the gifts that you've given unto us. Thank you, Lord, for every person who is in this sanctuary and who will be at the 11 o'clock service. And God, help us in all that we do. We'll honor you and your word would be shared in power and in love. And may it give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I've got to apologize. Trying to keep from getting a bad cold or flu, I am on Claritin D. If any of y'all have taken that, it is an excellent over-the-counter medicine. But the bad thing about Claritin D for me is it dries my mouth out, okay? So it might take me 40 minutes to say what I could say in 20 minutes, all right? I'm just joking, okay? Have you ever read passages of Scripture in the Bible where you said, man, that is absolutely so plain and so simple that I get it. I understand it. I want to read Romans 6.23 and then John chapter 10, verses 24 to 30. And just listen as how simple the Apostle Paul explains the difference between what sin brings and what Christ gives us. And then in John chapter 10, the words of Jesus himself. Listen to Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is, would you read the rest of that with me? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now just for just a second, look at that verse. Sin equals death. Christ equals death eternal life. Can it be any plainer or any simpler? Listen to these words of our Lord in John chapter 10, beginning with verse 24. And folks, we've all read probably this passage of Scripture. Chapter 10 begins with Jesus talking about being the good shepherd. He is back in the temple again. And listen to verse 24, so the Jews gathered round him. Now, I have read that very quickly before and just thought, well, you know, here's a bunch of Jews that just came, and and I don't use that term Jews in disrespect. They're God's people, God's chosen people. But I just thought that maybe they just kind of gathered around Jesus. It was convenient for them. They said, Lord, we we want to ask you some questions. But I believe that John is giving us the impression that these Jews are trying to intimidate Jesus. They are coming to him to intimidate him, to trick him. Hopefully he is going to say something that they can use against him to get him out of the way, even to put him to death. 
So see, this group is not a group that's eagerly wanting to hear Jesus teach. They're wanting to catch him in something that they can prove, disprove who he claims he is. And that is the Christ, the Son of God, and the Savior of the world. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Now listen to Jesus' response. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. And please notice in these two verses, Jesus says twice, you do not believe. I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. And listen to verse 27. Do you want to know whether you wanted Jesus' sheep? Well, here's Jesus explains it. My sheep, number one, hear my voice. Number two, I know them. And number three, Jesus is saying, my sheep, follow me. As a result of being Jesus' sheep, listen to what we receive in verse 28. And I give them eternal life. These are not my words. These are the words of the Son of God. And folks, I want to tell you, if you believe in Jesus Christ, this is what he says, I give to you. I give you eternal life. And he says, they shall never perish. Now, folks, again, you and I know, and we're going to explain this as we have time this morning, and we're going to spend some time in these passages of Scripture because I believe the heart of the gospel is spoken in these words by the Lord and by the Apostle Paul. You and I know that unless we are of the generation that is here when Jesus comes back, to snatch his church out of the world, we call that the rapture, and it's described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Unless you and I are in that generation of believers, every single one of us is going to die. You know what? It's like my preacher said when I was a teenager. He said, I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the upper taker. I'm not here to depress you. That is not it. But, folks, I am here to tell you the good news that Jesus is not only the good shepherd, he is the Savior, and if we commit ourselves to him, he will give us eternal life. We will never perish. And listen to this, no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Folks, you and I are constantly under attack by the devil. Would you say amen to that? And if, it, and if you don't, you worry me, because if the devil ain't attacking you, then you're not trying to make any effort to serve Jesus Christ. Satan will attack us when we truly believe that he is the Son of God. And when we believe that being born again into his kingdom comes only through the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm getting off. I don't mean to do that. Folks, this is a powerful passage of Scripture. Listen to verse 29. My Father who has given them to me. Just think about what Jesus is saying. First of all, his Father gives the sheep to him. And I think that Jesus here is saying, it has been my Father's plan before the creation of the world that all men would know him through me. Jesus, I believe, was given the responsibility of being the Redeemer. Before you and I were created, God knew that we would sin, but God wanted to prepare a way that you and I could be born in his kingdom and we would continue to be not only his creation, but his sheep. 
My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Folks, listen to this. Jesus, in verse 28, said what? No one shall snatch them out of my hand. We're safe and secure in Jesus' hand. But knowing that you and I are people that have our doubts, Jesus said, I can call for backup. And guess who the backup is? It is God the Father. No one can snatch my sheep out of my hand. No one is able to snatch the sheep out of the Father's hand. And then he says something that sets them off. I and the Father are one. You know what he's saying? We're God. I am God. And folks, it's not on the screen because I don't want to go there, but if you've got your Bible open, you know what the next verse says after Jesus said, I and the Father are one? The Jews took up stones again to stone him. This was blasphemy. They want to put him to death. Folks, this morning, I want to remind you that on November the 30th and on December the 7th, we began a study of the gifts that God has given us found in Scripture. And I want to point out there were six gifts that we're going to look at in the weeks ahead. And let me just mention those to you again. We've already studied two of those gifts, okay? Number one, and the ultimate gift that God has given us is his son. Amen? We studied that during, during Christmas. That is God's ultimate gift to us. And secondly, God gives us his grace, his unmerited love and unmerited favor. You remember we read out of Ephesians, it is the free gift of God. Today and surely next Sunday, we want to look at the third gift, the gift of eternal life. And I've listed those scriptures, John 10:24 to 30 and Romans 6:23 that we've read. Three other gifts that I want us to look at is the gift of righteousness in Romans 5, the gift of the Holy Spirit in the Gospels and in Acts, and that last gift, the gift of spiritual gifts that I mentioned earlier about how God gives individuals within the church spiritual gifts so that we can minister to one another and we can minister as a body of Christ. But, folks, I want us to look back at this gift of eternal life, and I think this is well worth spending time on because, folks, it is a biblical fact that God has prepared a place for us called heaven, and through his Son, we're going to be allowed to go there to spend eternity with God. And if you don't believe that, don't question what I'm saying because I'm just telling you what God's saying. I'm just here to be his messenger this morning and tell you what I think the Word of God says, even God's own Son. To understand eternal life, there's some things that we need to understand. And I want us to go back, and I'm not asking Steve to go back to Romans 6.23, but as I tell you these next things, I want you to keep in mind Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is what? Death. Okay? You and I were created by God and in the image of God. Listen to what the Word of God says in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 and Genesis 2, 7, okay? And you know these, but I want to document this, okay? Genesis 1, then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the, of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. 
So God created man in his own image, the image of God. He created him, male and female, he created them. And then Genesis 2-7, Then the Lord formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Bible begins by helping you and I understand that we were created by God and we were created in the image of God. What does that mean? When Adam and Eve were originally created, they were not sinful, correct? They were like God. God is holy. God is without sin. But we were created to know God and to fellowship with God. That's why the the Bible tells us that when God created Adam and Eve, where did he put them? He put them in the Garden of Eden. And it's a place that God would go and God would fellowship with them and they would know God. And being created in the image of God, Adam and Eve and you and I are given the freedom to choose to follow God or rebel against God, which in the Bible is called sin. Now, that's true of every one of us in here, correct? We make the decision whether we're going to follow God or we're going to follow our own instinct and rebel against God. Adam and Eve were given instructions by God on how to serve him in fellowship with him. That's what God wanted them to enjoy. But God also warned them. This is not going to be on the overhead, but let me read this to you out of Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 and following. The Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Again, this is the word of God. Now, again, folks, it's more than just eating of a certain tree. What we're talking about here is either doing what God asks or rejecting what God asks. And when we reject and rebel against God, the Bible calls that sin. How did sin come into the world? We know in Genesis chapter 3 that Adam and Eve, who are living in perfect harmony and fellowship with one another as well as with God, Satan comes and he tempts them and he lies to them. And, and listen to what Satan says. Did God say, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Now, there's a lot of theology in here that I'm just pushing aside to get to this point. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. You see, Satan from the beginning is a liar. And he is lying to Adam and Eve, and he's saying, don't worry about what God said. You can rebel against him. You can do whatever you want, and you'll not die. But, folks, you and I know the story. Adam and Eve sinned, and sin brought them into the judgment and under the judgment of God. They were exiled from the Garden of Eden. There were other things. The woman would have uh, pain in childbirth. The man would have to uh, make a living or, or take care of he and his family by the sweat of his brow. But folks, death came. In Genesis 3.19, God spoke judgment saying, To dust you shall return. Death came. And again, folks, this message is not to be negative but to be positive. But why do we need to hear this? 
Why is the world trying to deny the reality of the creation of God and these early stories within the Bible that teach us the origin not only of humanity but of sin and also of death? Why do we need to hear these truths? Well, let me point some more scripture out. Romans 3.23, and you all know this verse, I hope, but listen to this. Since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. So that means all of us are under the penalty of sin, which is death, correct? All right. I'm trying to tell you the truth, I promise you, okay? Listen to what Paul says in Romans 5:12. Therefore, sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. Death came into the world through sin. We hate death, but sin brought death, not God. Sin did. And so death spread to all men because all men, what? Sinned. All of us are sinners. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, Just as it is appointed for men to die once and after that comes judgment. Folks, again, do you and I understand, I've already said this, I'm going to repeat myself, but unless we are in the generation that experiences the rapture of the church, you and I are going to depart this life in this world by death. And listen to Romans 6.23 again. For the wages of sin is death. As you and I serve a master, we can expect to be paid wages, correct? And let me point something out. Three times in Romans chapter 6, Paul writes that sin results in death. Look at this. For the wages of sin is death. Listen to verse 16 in Romans 6. Do you not know that if you yield yourself to, one, to anyone as obedient slaves, you're slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to what? Death. Or obedience, which leads to what? Righteousness. Being made right with God. That we're going to talk about probably two weeks from now. And listen to verse 21. Listen to this. But then what return did you get from the things which you are now ashamed? Think about this for just a second, what Paul is saying. And folks, if you don't believe the Word of God is relevant for today, just listen to what Paul is saying. All those things that we do before we trust Christ that we know are out and out rebellion against God, are we proud of them after we become a Christian? I hope not, because you know why? Those things were leading us to spiritual death. Because Paul says the end of those things is death. And folks, listen, the word wages in, in Romans 6.23, and that's the way it's translated in the King James, the Revised Standard, the Living Bible, and the Amplified Bible says, for the wages which sin pays is death. The Greek word for this, the wages, was originally meant as a soldier's pay. But folks, here's the point. The pay or the result of sin is death. Death is eternal separation from God in hell and temporary separation from God as we live this life if we are not a born-again believer. Again, that's what the Word of God says. But folks, do you remember the first two Sundays? We read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. And Paul talked about how we were before we trusted Christ. You remember those verses? Paul says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. 
We once walked following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, living in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of body and mind, children of wrath like the rest of mankind before Jesus. But since we've trusted Christ as Savior, we've been born into the kingdom of God. And folks... Listen to what Ephesians 2.8 says, and I'm going to have to read this too because we've got, that's Ephesians 2.9. Let me read Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. And folks, go back to Romans 6.23. We've read earlier, the wages of sin is death, but I want you to read the rest of this verse with me. Romans 6.23. Listen to this. Would you read this with me? I want you to hear yourself say this, and I'm I'm not being sarcastic here, but listen to what the Word of God says. Read it with me. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, we're all sinners, and because of our sin, we're destined to die, but something happens when we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. And it's not a work that we do, but it is the free gift from God that He gives us eternal life. Responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ by faith and accepting Christ as our Savior completely reverses things from spiritual death to eternal life. Folks, that's the most glorious news I've ever heard. Because on the day that I asked Jesus to come into my heart, I was dead. No, I was a 16 and a half year old guy that was living. My heart was beating. My, my body, my lungs were breathing. But on the inside, I was separated from God and I was dead. And I knew that hell awaited me. And I'm not trying to scare anybody here today. I'm just trying to tell you what the Word of God says. But God's free gift is eternal life. Read John 3.16 with me again. Just listen. Again, folks, I know you know this verse. We've read it many times, but listen to this. Read it with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Read with me John 3.36, and I'll close this message at this point, okay? Listen to this. Read it with me. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. He who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God rests upon him. Folks, how simple and plain the Scripture is. If we're in our sin and we're trying to get to heaven just on good works of who we are, guess what? We can't make it. But when we trust Christ as our personal Savior. Now, I can't wait till we get to the next gift, the gift of righteousness. I've never fully understood that. You know what it means? Righteousness means that when we stand before God, we're in right relationship with Him. Now, if we're all sinners and God is a holy God, how can that be? Because in Christ Jesus and through His blood, our sins have been cleansed and they've been forgiven. And when God looks at us, He doesn't see Herbert Brown. He sees Jesus Christ, His Son. And what He has done for us. 
I hope you don't think I'm getting too fired up over nothing, folks. This is a matter of life and death. A matter of living this life and having fellowship with the God who created us and serving Him and knowing one day. And life is tough, isn't it? But you know, as a Christian, I know what is before us. And it's being with the Lord Jesus forever and ever. And with God the Father. And folks, that ain't my word. That's what Jesus said. And let me read it again. And I promise you, I'm going to close in prayer. Okay. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house and many mansions, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. For you and for me. And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I'll take you to myself that where I am, there you can be also. That's eternal life. Heaven's not just some pie in the sky. It is the reality of knowing a right relationship with God through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And my dear friend, eternal life is God's gift to you and me through His Son. He wants us to receive that gift. Have you done that? Have you trusted Christ as Savior? He is the way, the truth, and the life. And it's a free gift. He gave himself on Calvary's cross. He was buried. He rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he's coming back. And he wants to take you and I home with him. May we receive that gift. Let us pray. Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear the good news of your Son. Lord, I pray that if there's someone here that's never trusted Christ as their Savior, perhaps it's a young person, perhaps it's a senior adult, you've knocked on the door of their heart many, many times, but yet they've resisted. Father, I pray today that not what I've said, but what your Word says and what your Son has said might convict their heart not only that they are a sinner, but that by trusting Christ they can be born again into the kingdom of God. And Lord, I pray for we who are Christians. Oh God, may the joy of Jesus be in our heart because we don't deserve your love. We don't deserve your forgiveness. We don't deserve a place in heaven because all of us are sinners. But thank you through the sacrifice and gift of Christ, you've given us eternal life. Lord, have your way and your will in these moments of invitation. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen.